GTA 6 apparent wokeness and female character leaks. So some of you may be interested in my takes on the most recent GTA 6 leaks. I haven't really seen them. I don't really care about them. I just want the game to come out. No amount of leaks will make me more interested than I already am in the game releasing. I've heard things, of course, where people are like, oh my God, Rockstar's gone woke and all that shit. This is just the end game of any company that wants to make the maximum amount of money. There's always going to be cuts made to appeal to a wider amount of people. I can never be as big as Mr. Beast making the content that I do. My content will never have as, as broad appeal as Mr. Beast. Doesn't matter how good I get at it, how much I make, he'll always be bigger. And Rockstar has been around long enough that that was always going to be the end. Now, how significant do I think any sort of changes or cuts are gonna be? I don't think they're gonna be that significant at all. Rockstar and GTA has weathered criticism its entire experience. And like people talk about like, apparently there were cross dresses or trans people or something in GTA 5 and they were removed in a later update. How many of you remember that? Were any of you aware that those characters ex existed? As a person who played for 9,500 hours, didn't even notice. Are you telling me if they don't have whatever references to trans people or cross-dressing people or whatever the jokes were, if they aren't in GTA 6, it's gonna be a dead game for you? Was, was there anything in GTA 5 that you can see them potentially removing as an idea in GTA 6 that's really gonna matter to you? I can't think of anything. Because remember, the mainstream aspects of the game have always been stuff that is broadly appealing. They're not just like, they're gonna open the game and try to offend half the people in the world. The worst that could possibly happen, if you consider it all that bad, is that the little jokes like posters and stuff aren't going to be as potentially offensive to people as they may have been in the past. And I don't think that's gonna be a significant difference. From what I've heard, GTA 5 was already kind of toned down in that department from GTA 4. Because that's just how generating profit works. As I say, what did they remove from GTA 5 when they became woke? Basically fucking nothing that anyone had ever noticed ever. I think anyone worrying about this is crazy. I'm more concerned, not about the potential wokeness or progressiveness or whatever, but the loss of the talents that wrote the original games. They're gonna be using people who were less fundamental to the other games being as good as they were. It would suck if the game came out and the writing was just bad and people were like, well, this is just cause they're woke. There's a much greater risk that whatever comes out is just bad because it's bad, then it's bad because it's not insulting trans people somewhere, right? So I'm personally, I personally still look forward to GTA 6 and I think it's gonna be a good game, but that's probably because I am super biased in that avenue. I will take fucking anything more from Rockstar. The lead writer left sometime after Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out, but I'd guess GTA 6 was already written at that point. Apparently they've been working on it since, you know, since GTA 5 came out, but I doubt, you know, because there's always more writing that needs to be done, rewrites, changes, as things develop over time. Because I mean, GTA is meant to kind of satirize present day, and so you got to kind of keep updating that. I suppose I didn't talk on, do I agree with removing that kind of stuff? It depends what it is. I've never liked being offensive for the sake of being offensive, where you're not doing something funny or making a joke. It's just, hey, some people would be offended if I did this, so I'm gonna do it. Isn't that funny how offended these people are? That's not humor, that's not a joke. A joke can be offensive, but offensive things aren't jokes just because they're offensive. I would consider it bad if something funny was gonna be put in the game, but they remove it because they're worried about offending people's sensibilities, even though it's a good joke of some kind. But again, humor is subjective. 
At the end of the day, I don't care as long as GTA 6 is good. If GTA 6 isn't good, then oh boy, everyone's gonna have their own pet theories as to why. Every single person with any kind of agenda or, you know, motive or whatever, um, any person who wants to see the one in a particular way will blame that fucking thing for the game being shit. And it will be funny to watch, but I'd rather GTA 6 just be good. It's in the same way I feel with it being a female protagonist. There is nothing about having a female protagonist that is better or worse for me. It is just, is it good? As I say, every release of GTA has been met with controversy, and in the past they even used controversy to promote the, promote the game, paying writers to go, oh my god, you know, kids shouldn't play this new GTA game, it's terrible. Let's see what happens. How I run my YouTube channel and produce so many videos. I don't have that many people who do stuff for me. It's, it's kind of confusing. Like, I'm not a person who sets deadlines for stuff. I say, hey, do you want another project? Are you free? If they say yes, I give them something. And then it takes as long as it takes. The videos get done when they get done. Anything that must come out, I generally just try to do myself. Rather than being like, bring in this by this deadline. People do as much or as little for me as they want. But yeah, so uh, I have Martin who does stuff regularly for me to whatever degree he wants. Dmod as well has been around for a long time. They they do, you know, like how this even ended, you know, GT Online videos and stuff like that. Then there's Ein who, he, he does uh, other stuff. He's, he's not as fast as, um, D-Mod or Martin, but he has really good quality stuff. Then there's X who does the Reddit recap each month. I have no one else to do it, and it saves me time having him there. And so I appreciate it, you know, it's just it's just one video a month. It's like, well, yeah, that's just one less thing I have to handle. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, again, there's then there's a Grab who does 99% of my thumbnails. He's the new thumbnail guy. I don't like being that reliant on one person giving me a thumbnail every day. As sometimes happens, like, he'll, he'll have exams or, um... Uh, you know, he, he would go on vacation or whatever for a couple of days. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. Yes, you know, he's he's a freelancer. That's just how these kind of things work. Recently, I wanted to know how many sponsors I've done in my videos. So I said to my mods, like, hey, anyone want 50 bucks? Just click and read the descriptions of my videos for the past two years. Give me a list of all the ones with uh, sponsors. I believe it was Avenge. She was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Everything else is just odd jobs like that, where it's like, I'm too busy to do this, but it's something that I would have some benefit to having done. And so I just ask my mods who want some money uh, to do some stuff. On rare occasions, I'll ask the wider audience to help me with stuff, pay them a little bit of money. Like right now I'm having people find my best clips that have ever been uploaded to the Clips channel, giving like 500 clips to a bunch of different people. Like I've got like 20 people working on it right now. Like I, I haven't, we haven't talked about a price, but I'll probably just end up paying them a couple of bucks, whatever. I do have other people who help me. Because I pay my moderators some money to moderate some stuff. Uh, I pay one person to go through all my Discord channels with suggestions and stuff to clean them up and remove the the bad stuff and, and make a spreadsheet of all the good suggestions for things. I pay someone to post stuff on Instagram for me. I also pay someone to keep an eye on my Reddit and to pick up any really good submissions that don't get enough upvotes for the Reddit recap catch-up. I pay someone to go through the facts and glitches and, and put the stuff that isn't repeats into a spreadsheet for me, rather than me having to go through every single Discord post myself, which used to take me hours on end. 
I also have a dude who is going through my older videos to find particular things that I can make into compilations. While he won't edit them, I will. He's at least finding the footage for me. For the last month, after doing it myself for a bajillion years, uploading like 9,000 clips, I finally had other people doing the clips channel for me, which was a huge thing. Like um, I had to give them editor, limited editor access to the channel and they were uploading clips. But as I talked about before, I'm stopping the clips channel in that way. And so yeah, and everything else I do myself, anything that's really important, you know, like, like the recording of facts and glitches, I do all the rambles myself, but that's more because it's a, more efficient if I do it myself these days. Like only I know exactly what I want to say and what topics I want to keep in. So when I had other people do the rambles, uh, not only would it just take longer, they would edit topics that I'd be like, I don't want this topic and I'll remove it. So they may have spent half an hour editing a small section that instantly I know I can remove. Actually, I also have someone else who sifts for rambles for me. Like I basically pay a dude to watch my stream and not edit the rambles, but just be like, in this section, there was a ramble. And then I just have the chunk of footage and I edit it myself. So your facts and glitches, rambles, pacifist, chaos raw, not that it requires a lot of editing, more specialized stuff. Like, uh, obviously I did the thanks for the million subs. I did the editing of the million sub live stream. Uh, I, I did the, which will come out next video, the dark vibe AU out of context video. Like I did the shorts that popped off. I do, this is what you missed because it, it just be, a lot of the things that I do are either the most important things or the things that it would just be extremely tedious to have someone else do. Either because they literally can't do it because it requires my voice, requires my creative input, or would be required giving them astronomical amounts of footage. Like if you ever want to know if someone else contributed to a video, just always look at the end and it will say made in collaboration with and then someone else's name, if someone else helped me out with it. So yeah, that's my entire enterprise that's going on right now. So my entire day is spent streaming, editing, and doing managerial work in regards to like sorting and moving around footage, sorting and moving around stuff that people have submitted to me, uh, thinking of ideas, uh, and usually doing all that while editing. Something will be loading or um, I'll be taking a small break and I'll be having conversations on Discord about stuff that I, I need to have done while I'm editing a video, right? And so, yeah, I'd say that there's three people who do stuff for me very regularly, and then maybe like nine people who do little things for me occasionally. I have this attitude where I think to myself, I want to do this. Is there any amount of this that I don't need to do personally and that I can just give people money to do for me? Because it's just more efficient that way. I only have two hands. I only have a finite amount of time each day. And you just got to think this way when you get to this level. Like one of the reasons I do sponsors isn't for the money. It's because, well, for, for one thing, I worry in the future that I will need money. I'll be like, oh, if I didn't take, why didn't I take sponsors back in the day? But also I have a management team who gets sponsors for me. But not only that, they're a valuable resource when I need connections with people, other creators or inroads with YouTube or whatever. If I just need advice where I'm like, oh shit, I don't know this. I can talk to my management team. And if I stopped doing sponsorships with them, uh, I wouldn't have that outlet, outlet to talk to them. Like I less consider that my management team works for me or something and more that I work for them in a way, <laughs> you know? The dumbest tweet about NFTs I have ever seen. If you make an NFT of a real diamond and then the diamond itself gets destroyed in a fire tomorrow, you still have the same asset. Because the tokens that exist as in limited supply, just as before, 
nothing has changed. What NFT is doing to the concept of assets, few understand. I mean, does anyone need to explain why this is dumb? Everything that you could have done with the diamond, you can no longer do. Now you just have a string of digits that connects you to a website somewhere. The funniest thing is when NFT guys say NFTs are the greatest thing forever, bro. It's so amazing. But we've uh, had to make ourselves like a printout of my JPEG so I can show it to you. <laughs> NFTs are so great, but we always have to convert them into other mediums so they have any kind of use. I liked um, uh, Mudahar's example. Okay, now hold on. So if I make an NFT of my house and it burns down, I'll still have it as an asset on the blockchain. <laughs> then I can live inside it on the blockchain, right? <laughs> Super thanks becoming more common on YouTube. I don't know what it is, chat, but there's been a little bit of a change on YouTube. So YouTube introduced Super Thanks. It's this little button here, show support with Super Thanks. And it's just a donation. Buy and send. So once upon a time, YouTube added something called a tip jar. On a person's main page, there'd be a little thing on the side that's like, hey, tip. And you'd send a private message to the creator with the money. Like a donation, but it's entirely private. They discontinued it after a couple of months, I believe. Because effectively, to my understanding, no one used that. I certainly never received one. But this is their new attempt. And what it does is it gives you a highlighted comment down below. So people can see that you donated and the message is public. So it not only gets attention from potentially the creator, but also from the audience as well. Uh, I received a lot yesterday. So prior to hitting a million subs, I received one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, with messages like farce and gay. This isn't a hundred dollars. They, it shows other currencies. So you're like, oh, I got a hundred dollars. Oh, it's two bucks, never mind. It's still cool. But I received a lot of these, like $2, $10. I, don't, I Like, I don't know what these currencies are, but I mean, I just appreciate it in general, right? I guess now that people are doing super thanks, I now have two buttons up here. So how I go with looking at my comments now is I'll open this and this. And so it shows me super thanks and it shows me all members. And then when I read the most recent member comments, then I click this off and I read the rest of the comments. Because as I've said many times before, anytime there's downtime, I'm not watching a YouTube video or whatever, I'll, I'll click open my comments on the other page and I'll read one or two. Usually when Premiere is just taking like a minute to start running the timeline, it's so dumb. But uh, yeah. Like, I don't know if they've made super thanks more public or attention grabbing or people just getting more used to donating or something. But uh, as I say, huge increase for me. Blue light glasses to help me sleep. Is it a scam? You know what I got, chat? I got some blue light glasses. I mean, that blocks out blue light. I am that desperate to fix my sleeping. I'm gonna start wearing them like hours before I go to bed. You know those glasses are a scam? So I consider them to be a scam as well. Then I looked into watching some YouTube videos. Even that Dr. Mike dude claims it's legit. Not that blue light damages your eyes, but that uh, blue light can throw off your, uh, um, the amount that your body produces melatonin. And I was, and, and he referenced some studies and I looked it up and it's like, yeah, there is some studies. I don't have the, um, know how to, and not really the time to probably assess the methodologies, but uh, it does seem to have some basis. And as I say, I'm that desperate to, uh, improve my sleeping that I'm going to give it a go.
My new amazing desk and how I hate my old desk. Hey everyone, I recently bought an IKEA Upspell standing desk to replace my Omni desk that I've hated for years and I'm so happy with this change. So happy in fact, I decided to release this video to ward people away from buying an Omni desk as I once did. These two desks are very similar, they even have the same motor to control the height of the desk, but IKEA has massively improved on the Omni desk design. I will now continue with my stream footage where I explain the differences between these desks on stream. I love this desk. A long, long time ago, I bought this Omni desk and I f hated it. Oh my God, this desk was horrible, but I used it for years because I didn't have the money to get myself a new one. But I got myself a new one yesterday and it's this desk from Ikea. Now these desks may look very similar, but this desk is superior to this one in four key ways. And what's funny is these are the exact four complaints that I had about this desk. I was on Twitter, I was on YouTube being like these four design decisions. These people are brain dead, what is wrong with them? And Ikea, I don't know if they heard me, but this desk is just this desk with those four things fixed. The first thing is this cutout here. There's a cutout and you have no choice as to whether or not it's there. If you don't want the cable management, you still have to have that hole. Why? And it's like the most awkward spot for cable management. I push my keyboard back and so I'd always be like, bumping into the hole. This thing makes it look like you can fill in the hole, but this block is not big enough to fill this hole. And this is wood. It's not made of the same material as the desk, it's wood. So what I did is I put it in there and then I put like a bunch of black tape over it. So for the longest time, I had like a hole in my desk with a bunch of black tape over it that my keyboard would hit into for years. And so Ikea's like, that is a f dumb design decision. So they just removed it. So the other thing is that these legs and this brace is the exact sensor of the table. So if you put your leg up on top of one of your other legs, you're gonna hit your leg into this pole every single time. As long as you're sitting both legs perfectly fat, flat on the ground and never move your legs, it's fine. But if you ever move your leg, you wanna readjust, you go bang into this pole every single goddamn time. I'm like, what a dumb design decision. Sure, you're probably not meant to sit with one leg across your other one, but sometimes you do. And so why would you build it like this? Ikea looks at this and goes, as a dumb design decision, what the hell? And so they make it so the legs are just a little bit back. This is actually even more sturdy than the old desk, but see how they just, um, they're not in the exact center, they've gone backwards. And so the bars are like, just like this much different, further back. And so I have to reach back to find them. And so I can cross my legs all I want. Don't get my leg hit. What I did to fix the Omni desk is I ended up removing these two braces, which made the desk very unstable. It would bow in the middle a little bit. So. When I moved my, if I held my keyboard at an angle, my desk would be at different heights and shit. And I've dealt with this for years. This table may look thick, but it is very thin. This table is like twice as thick. Not like ridiculously more, but like if I pick this up, I couldn't like bend it. This one you can. This one looks thick, but it's not. And the final thing, see this little uh, thing on the end here? This is the thing that you use to put up and down the desk. The light, always stays on. So the number you set it to, if you're in a dark room, it's like a blaring light that you cannot turn off. So it's like, you are definitely two meters off the ground. And I want you to know that for the rest of time. It's like, I, I know the height you can turn off. No, you must always know, light the beacon. And I'm like, that's just the dumbest design decision ever. And Ikea agreed as well. And so with their one, the second you stop using it, 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 the light goes off. Like the, the nanosecond you press a button, 
it brights up and sits like that for like 30 seconds or something. But the second you stop using it, it's gone. What I'm saying is, chat, I hate Omnidesk with a blinding passion. And even worse, they promised to send me a mousepad and didn't. Scammers. This IKEA desk, though, I love potentially too much. Like, I feel like my life has been massively enriched by having this desk. This desk superior to the other one. If you want a standing desk, I highly recommend this desk. Was easy to build as well. Be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.